This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 18th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. For those opposed to illegal immigration, the refrain has long been, get in line, do it legally. For those who are currently mired in our slow, inefficient legal immigration system, one thing is clear, wait times are getting longer. Cato's David Beer has authored a new paper detailing the problems that go along with a long and growing green card backlog. Well, there are different ways that legal immigrants come to the United States, uh, mainly through sponsorship of some kind, uh, usually by a family member. Uh, The majority of immigrants are what the law calls immediate relatives. Uh, These are parents, uh, spouses, and minor children of U.S. citizens. And they don't have any numerical limit, which means they can immigrate immediately upon proving their eligibility. Uh, But for people who are sponsored by an employer or they are sponsored by um, a family member who doesn't meet meet that criteria, for example, an adult child of a U.S. citizen or the sibling of a U.S. citizen or the immediate family of a legal permanent resident of the United States, Those people all have quotas or a numerical limit on the number of green cards that will be issued each year. And for those people, the process starts with the sponsor in the U.S. submitting a petition saying, we want to sponsor this person and bring them over. But because the green card quota has been filled for the year, those people will then have to wait in a line uh, until a green card becomes available for them. And so the the step is sponsorship, wait for a while in order to get to the front of the line. Then when you finally get to the front of the line, then you apply uh, for permanent residence in the United States. So this is a a system in which you have uh, family members and people who are potential workers uh, who are trying to get into the United States. Do the numbers of immigrants in one category versus another, do they sort of eat each other's lunch? Is there a global cap or uh, are these all separate discrete categories? They're all separate discrete categories. So each one has their own quota. So there's a special quota for adult children. Uh, There's another quota for siblings of U.S. citizens. Uh, There's another quota for married adult children. So it's very discreet, very isolated in terms of, uh, you know, categorizing who can come to the United States and how many uh, uh, of those types of immigrants we're going to let in to the country. All right. So what has happened to uh, these wait times for for people who are trying to get uh, these various visas and these various uh, green cards and the other kinds of uh, of authorization to come to the United States? Right. So as I mentioned, there are two different types of waits. There's the bureaucratic wait of just you know processing the petition from your you know family member or an employer. Um, and then the the time of processing your application uh, for a green card or permanent residence. Um, those wait times have increased, uh, but this paper really is focused on 
uh, the amount of time it took for a green card to become available under the quota system. So not the bureaucratic delay, but just the delay in the amount of time it took before you were able to apply uh, due to the limit on the number of green cards. And what we've seen is since the Congress last updated these quotas in 1991 is when they came into effect, uh, we've seen that the wait times for the average immigrant have doubled. Um, So we're talking about, on average, uh, an increase from two years and 10 months to now five years and eight months for the average immigrant to have received a green card in 2018. But there's a huge disparity between different types of immigrants, different classes of immigrants. And so at the same time that we saw the average wait time double, if you look at the high end, you know, the the people who are waiting more than a decade, we've had 28% or 100,000 immigrants in 2018 waited more than a decade in order to get a green card. Uh, That compares to just 3% in 1991 when these quotas came into effect. So an increase from 3% to 28% who are waiting more than a decade. And at the other end, you know, the the number of immigrants who are not waiting at all uh, due to the quotas decreased from 31% in 1991 down to just 2% uh, in uh, 2018. So basically hardly anyone is not waiting at all uh, due to these quotas. One of the stories that uh, you talk about in your paper is uh, that of John V. Meta, mm-hmm. if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, and John V. essentially aged out right. of qualifying for a green card. What does that process look like? Yeah, so everyone who um, uh, applies for a green card due to eligibility. For example, her father was sponsored by a U.S. employer uh, for a green card. Then their kids become eligible. So if you're a minor child of a worker who's sponsored by an employer, you can come with your parents and uh, you know uh, get a green card at the end of the day, or theoretically you can. Um, but what happens is Because the wait times are so long, uh, they suddenly start out as a minor child, they grow older, and then they lose their eligibility when they turn 21 because they're no longer considered uh, a minor child at that point. They lose their eligibility. So basically, you know, their wait time goes from a few years or even decades uh, to basically infinite. They'll never get... Uh, to the front of the line, they they lose their eligibility, and and in the case of uh, Miss Meta uh, and other people in her situation, she actually came on a temporary visa with her parents, an H one B temporary high skill visa uh, with her father. And uh, while they were working in the U S., they were waiting in line for a green card, and uh, during that time, she turned twenty one. Uh, lost her eligibility for a green card at that point. And so she's actually been in the United States for many years, but none of it is going to be credited to her ability to get a green card. So that's kind of a unique case where you have these people, they're brought as 
children into this country. They grow up here. They graduate from uh, U.S. high schools. They go to U.S. colleges, uh, but then they are not ever eligible uh, for a green card. They're basically kicked out of the green card line. And uh, for those people, you know, the wait time is, uh, like I said, infinite. Then they have to get back in line, try to find an employer, and then they're back at the back of the line uh, waiting again. And, you know, that brings up another point with, you know, the people who are now, you know, when I talk about the fact that, you know, 28% of people waited more than a decade, that's just the people who receive their green card in 2018. Going forward, it's going to be astronomical, the waits uh, for people who are applying today in 2019 for a green card, because there are 5 million people who are now in a huge backlog waiting to get to the front of the line. And those people all have to be processed before um, people who apply this year will get their green card. And if you look at it, if you extrapolate it, um, going forward, you know, look at the likelihood of you dying before you get to the front of the line. You know, I found that about 675,000 of those 5 million people waiting in the backlog would die before they get to the front of the line. So for people applying right now, uh, you know, the legal immigration system in many of these categories is just not available to them. Uh, as a result of these huge wait times and and backlogs, I mean, if if uh, t- to put this in in as simple terms as possible, the longer you wait to apply for status, or the longer you have to wait to apply for status, the longer the time you're going to be waiting to have that application processed. Is that basically right? Yes, it, it compounds upon itself in that way, and. Um, you know, obviously anyone who's, you know, in the position of coming on one of these temporary visas as a child, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to see uh, a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, an important part of the story, though, is is that we actually have a, a the strangest immigration system, legal immigration system in the world. It's really the only one where you really have this type of discrimination based on nationality built into the system. And so each country has the exact same quota for the number of visas that they're eligible to use in a given year. So you're talking about the same exact number of green cards available to China and India as there are available to Iceland and Estonia. And what inevitably happens is that those countries have to wait much longer for a green card than, um, you know, countries that uh, have a much smaller population. So, you know, India, for example, had the longest wait times in 2018 to get to the front of the line. And going forward, Indian nationals, particularly ones sponsored by their employers, are going to have basically an impossible wait, more than 50 years, half a century uh, to be able to get to the front of the green card queue in uh, categories where their employers have sponsored them. 
And this, uh, based on some charts that you detail, and I'll uh, refer listeners to uh, your paper uh, on page 16, that, where you show this essentially geometric mm -hmm. uh, relationship between the year in which you applied and how long it takes for you to get it. Um, and uh, so it doesn't appear to be any kind of partisan issue. Uh, the 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 lines, the trend lines, at least that that you've posted here, seem to be going up in both uh, Democratic and Republican administrations. Is is that fair? Yes, this is not a partisan issue at at all. This is not caused by any administration's actions. Um, it's really the inaction of Congress to update these quotas that they were you know were created in 1990 and then we basically since that time our population has increased by a third our economy has doubled in size we've had entire new industries form and die and form again um, and yet we've had no change in our immigration laws uh, to reflect the changes in our society and the inevitable consequence is um, you know too few green cards, uh, longer wait times, a bigger backlog of people, and and really a dysfunctional immigration system that's not set for the needs of the 21st century, but rather the 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 20th century, and and um, really an outdated system that doesn't uh, fulfill the needs of our economy and society today. Now, I know you and uh, Alex Narasta have have in in various papers tried to sort of explain here are some options to uh, make this system a lot more rational, uh, a lot more reasonable. What is the biggest one for dealing with this specific problem? Well, I would argue that you should just have a guarantee limit on how long you'll have to wait. Um, you know, it's just unfair to make someone who's trying to follow the law, go through the legal immigration system, wait for more than five years. I think that's a reasonable um, uh, standard that we can set uh, baseline. We're, we're not going to make you wait decades in order to immigrate the right way through the legal immigration system. And, uh, you know, not only is there an economic reason for that, uh, but there's also the issue of trying to get people to follow the law and go through the legal immigration structure that we've created, it's just not reasonable to expect people from, for example, Central America going forward, they're going to face decades long waits to be sponsored by their family members. That's no longer a viable option for them uh, to immigrate. And so you have people showing up at the border instead what we what we want is a legal immigration structure that is viable for people. They understand it. They know, okay, five years. Uh, you know, if I'm not at the front of the line by that point, I'm gonna get a green card. So that's the most important reform that uh, I think Congress should adopt. But in in lieu of doing that, Congress really needs to stop setting static quotas. And what I mean by a static quota is we have set aside 140,000 um, uh, green cards for um, people sponsored by their employers in the United States. That number hasn't changed at all since 1990. And even while our economy has doubled in size. So really, I think we need to index these quotas to 
growth in the economy or for family-sponsored uh, immigrants, the growth in the number of households in the United States uh, would be a good metric. So if the number of households increases uh, over time, then the quota would increase uh, over time as well. The same thing would go for uh, employer-sponsored immigrants. You know, as the economy grows, the number of employer-sponsored immigrants could grow as well. And uh, that way, we don't end up with quotas that are so outdated, you know, three decades uh, old quotas for a, a society that's uh, really moved on from that point. David Beer is an immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>